0: Like if I look at a pyramid, a pyramid is a pile of rock, like the Egyptian pyramids. If I look at look at a mountain, that's also a pile of rock. One has been formed by human measurements and human skill; the other has been formed by physics. How do I tell the difference? So what do I look for? And it's almost intuitive. Like what do I? And because um, humans just do it intuitively, you, you just you just know. You look you look at a, you look at a pyramid, and you just know that that's, somebody made it. You won't, you won't you won't even go look look at that look how amazing the the laws of physics were to make that thing perfectly straight you'll just be who did the who made that um so and so that's the question that i'm currently trying to answer because that's the question that then i can then take that that criteria and then apply that to the universe does the universe
1: have those same features What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. My name is Jordan. With me today, I have Jared, as always, but we also have a special guest, uh, Nick from across the pond. How's it going, Nick? You okay? Nick and I had a conversation on the YouTubes, um, one of his videos, and uh, we thought it might be interesting to get two engineers together and talk about what we think about the design constraints of God and how all that might work. And then Jared is there to make sure that what we say is comprehensible to some other person yeah
2: I'm, I'm there i'm here just to reel them back in when they start making my mind melt so that way i'll be like hey you might be getting too deep in the woods yeah. so <laughs> we,
0: can, we can translate it back, in, back into english for everybody else right uh
1: so briefly because i know we're going to cross post this on both channels uh yep. so for those who don't know me my name is jordan i'm a mechanical and nuclear engineer i've been an engineer for a few years now uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Nick. I'm from the UK, just for anybody who's confused by
0: what the other side of the pond meant. Um, I am also, I'm I'm a manufacturing research engineer. So I work in manufacturing, but in developing manuf- developing new manufacturing techniques and things like that, although I have a degree in mechanical engineering. So I'm sort of done both-ish in a kind of, kind of weird way. But yes, yeah, so I'm an engineer as well.
2: And uh, I'm Jared. I probably won't say much during this, but uh, I have a background in uh, I was a the- theologian and I am no longer a theologian. So there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has a degree, though. <laughs> so uh, today's topic is going to be design, uh, specifically uh, what Uh, Theistic kind of design concept looks like, or what specifically what Nick's design concept is, and uh, how that meshes with like normal theology, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, Nick, um, when we talked before, for those who don't read every comment I post on YouTube. Uh, We were talking about uh, intelligent design, specifically the recurrent laryngeal nerve. And uh, that kind of led into a conversation about um, what the nature of intelligent design might be and what uh, kind of design constraints God might or might not have. So um, I was wondering if you could briefly describe, like, for everyone listening, what do you think uh, the design of God looks like? Like, what's your conception?
0: Oh dear, um, I'm in the middle of trying to write a video about that at the moment. Actually, as a result of that conversation, in fact, um, basically one of the one of the things that I've noticed in the intelligent design kind of debate in general, so both sides, so the intelligent design side and the sort of anti-intelligent design side, the the, the non non theistic sort of side, is none of the people involved are designers. So, I mean, I've got a list: uh, Michael B, Stephen Meyer, Richard Dawkins, Hugh Ross, Christopher Hitchens, Ken Miller, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, astrophysicists, biochemists, biologists, philosophers, and things. But there are no engineers involved. So, what you end up with is they're discussing design, but they don't really know how design works. Like just in just hu- human design. Forget forget God's design for a minute. So, um, the way the way this came up with the um, laryngeal nerve was your point about why, well, sh- surely God could just make it, make it perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, if God's God, surely he can just, um, he can, he can fix it, whatever the limitations are. But one of the things that comes up in a lot of design, which I'm sure I'm sure you've come across as well, is that all design is compromise but by definition. So the best design is not the design that gives you the best function. It's the design that provides you the optimum compromise between like different competing requirements and I don't see any reason why this wouldn't also apply to God when God is designing the universe and and life in in general so for example um, the laryngeal nerve nerve probably isn't the best example actually an obvious example would be um, human birth so human babies are born more or less premature basically. And women have quite a lot of trouble giving birth to them by comparison to other other creatures. Now, this is the result of a design compromise because um, human women have very narrow hips by comparison to the size of the baby's head. The reason is because if their hips were much wider, they wouldn't be able to walk. So you have a design constraint on the width of, on the width of a, a woman's hips, which gives a limit on how, how big the baby can be, which is why human babies are born more or less as big as they can get before they have to come out or else they can't come out. But that then means that human babies are very, very premature by comparison to other creatures. But it also means that women have a lot of trouble because if they wait much longer, it, you know, it's, it basically you have a system which is operating at the edge of certain limits which gives you issues, um, a compromised a compromised system, but it's it's that that's the kind of thing that, that I'm referring to, um, and how that then okay that then applies to God because God is constrained by though he's not constrained in power because God's um, God's God he can do anything he's not constrained in intelligence he is constrained by his own objectives. Okay, so. God creates a universe. He creates a set of physics, a, law, a set of uh, physical physical laws and physical parameters. Everything then has to work within those parameters, which, by definition, limits what can happen. Sure. And everything everything that exists then has to work within you know within that paradigm. So, for example, nothing can move faster than light. Um, and if he's, if, if um, God's going to create a galaxy that can support humans. That galaxy has to follow fairly specific parameters in terms of what it can be. The earth then has to follow fairly specific parameters. The sun has to follow fairly. There are limits, you know, within these, these things. It's sort of, it's sort of related to the, um, uh, what was it called? I've completely, it's completely gone out of my head. Uh, fine tuning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's adjacent to the fine tuning argument. It's not the same. But it's, yeah. it's it's related to that, so that's for, that's, that's that's basically the, the position.
1: For anyone who's not aware, um, the fine tuning argument is essentially that uh, life in the universe, or to whatever level the person making the argument is making, is finely tuned or, or specifically calibrated to allow for life. That's okay. and that points the argument goes to a designer.
2: Yeah, had it been any other way, that life wouldn't be possible. Um, my question would be before we get to much deeper into the uh the rabbit hole here would be could you just give a brief description or a definition of god so like is it a tri-omni god like the traditional you know western Um, christian belief or is
0: it well yeah for me yes i'm a christian so it's um i'm I'm talking when i'm talking about god i'm talking about the christian god okay now in the case of when we're talking about design it doesn't have to be the christian god it's just it's a designer of some kind right. it doesn't actually technically speaking it doesn't have to be god at all it could be some kind of extra dimensional alien civilization you know you get what i mean yeah right. and um, we're talking we're talking about the the it's interesting because the the question of whether the universe is designed is not actually the same question as to whether god exists right they're often conflated but they're not yeah. actually technically the same question and i have seen um physic physics uh, physics um Scientists argue in favor of the universe being created, but not by God, but by some kind of computer simulation or something. And they, they have mm-hmm. they have scientific reasons to argue in favor of that. But anyway, um, yeah. But I'm talking when I'm talking about God, I'm talking
1: about um, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, effectively. Gotcha. So I definitely appreciate uh, what you said before with uh, design being all about compromise, because um, the the practice of design is to optimize your solution but what is optimal depends on what your goals are you know what's optimal for one solution one set of goals may not be optimal for another set of goals um i'm interested though when you said uh god being constrained by physics uh when you'd say that god is constrained by physics but god is all-powerful god could violate physics if he wished to right but you're saying that he doesn't wish to Um, um i'm
0: well i mean yeah he can i mean that's what that's what miracles are effectively right Um, but my, my point is if, if God, if, if something was miraculous all the time, then it's a law of physics by definition. Um, that's a, that's a very pithy way of saying it. But the, the basic point is that it's like, if you imagine, if you imagine any kind of engineering system, say if you imagine like an internal combustion engine, there is nothing in the law of physics that says all of those components have to be where they are. Mm-hmm. They've been moved there artificially by an intelligent agent, in this case by an engineer who's, who's designed it and probably some humans, some workmen who put it together. Um, so it has been intelligently organized. And the organization has not – although the organization is in, is in obedience to the laws of physics, it isn't driven by the laws of physics. Okay. But once it's all together, it follows the laws of physics in its operation.
1: Okay. So so when,
0: so when God, me- sorry, let me just, go when when God makes something, although he could make it, um his the act of making could defy physics in the same way that if I, I don't know, I've got a bit of a little bit of Lego thing my daughter made. So if I'm lifting that up, I'm lifting it up in defiance of physics, in defiance of gravity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um once I've put it somewhere, it's then, fol- it, it's then following, like I put it on the desk, now it's following the laws of physics. Or once, it's, once it's arranged and put together, it's now following the laws of physics. So, so like, hypothetically, God could take all of the, the soup of carbon, carbon-based molecules that were floating around in the primordial ocean three and a half billion years ago, and he could arrange them into a DNA molecule. But once that is working, it has to follow the laws of physics. And God has to make something that can follow the laws of food. Um, otherwise, I mean, you could end up with a situation like, which is actually very close to the Islamic belief, where God literally is puppeteering everything. So when you strike a match and light a candle, it's not the laws of physics that are doing that. Um, Allah, Allah is f- literally making it light. And he just so happens to do that consistently. So it looks like a law all the time. So you could have that view, but that's not the view that I take with, with regards to design. My point is that what you, you would expect when when God creates the universe, you would expect compromised designs or designs that are, are you know, they, they say they follow the normal rule. What you'd expect to see the normal rules of engineering
1: because so it in is your a form mi- of engineering. In your mind, at what point does God do his thing? Like, is it just like at the beginning of the universe, he makes the universe, and then life evolves because he intended it to be that way, or is like four, four and a half billion years ago, he poops uh, the first life into existence? Or I'm in the process of working that out. I'm not Fair sure enough. Um, okay.
0: So the the issue is that there's no way to tell empirically, which is also why I disagree with the assertion that intelligent design is a scientific theory. Because you cannot, there are. I I think there there are positive things you would look for, which which would which would count as positive positive evidence for something having been designed. Because the question is, what what is designed? What do you look for when you're looking for looking at a designed object? How do you how do you tell the difference between an object that's designed versus one that's just appeared as a consequence of physical forces? But um, how you would look? How how I would look at the fossil record, for example. And say, right, okay, design came in there, and design came in there. I, I I don't know, because if God was going through and just guiding it and modifying it, it would look like evolution anyway. Because what the what the fossil record is showing, the fossil record does not show, at least does not show in the first instance, it does not show evolution by natural selection. What it shows is this animal existed at this time period. This animal existed at this time period. This animal existed at this time period, and there is a progression from one to the other. But it doesn't directly show the mechanism by which it changes. The mechanism is inferred. Okay does that does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, so natural selection has been observed directly because we've observed it in animals that exist now. Um, but, but. Um, that is then that, that, that inference is then made to the fossil record to sh- say, oh yeah, this this, and we 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 theorise that natural selection caused this as well. But nobody's been nobody's it, nobody's been back in time to actually watch it changing. So you're, that is a I mean it's a reasonable extrapolation, but it is an extrapolation. I'm not saying it's unreasonable. Um, but the point is, my point is, if if God was involved and, and was changing it in the past, you would you would not be able to tell the difference my question
2: would be if if you had good so if you had a does god have like an ultimate purpose then like so like if we take a giraffe for example and you know look at does that mean that we're watching the process like through those fossil records of god kind of like tinkering with something and like perfecting it to what he wants it to be or um
0: i don't know um, so the way, I mean, I, I, got, I had a friend years ago now. I was, before I started doing the YouTube thing, I actually had a blog. Um, I got, did about four articles and then got bored. Um, but one of the first articles was a friend sent me an article by, from answers in Genesis about young earth creationism. And I basically wrote an article ripping it apart cause it was garbage. But one of the things they were talking about was how,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, AIG did a garbage article you don't say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just sh- ah, my my heart my heart the shock, the, the shock is killing me. Um <clears throat> yeah, I've not bothered to do anything debunking um young earth creationism because it's just too obvious. It would be it would be really boring. But anyway, um, anyway, I did this one. And one of their things was about how it's, you know, it's terrible, you know, the the idea that God would create predators and things is terrible because predators is death and death is sin and uh, but the point is what the 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 web of life, if you like, is an is an energy system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So energy energy comes onto the Earth via the via sunlight. Plants convert that from um, photon energy, light energy, into um, sorry electromagnetic energy into uh, chemical energy. So that so photosynthesis is basically the reverse of um, aerobic respiration. So you're taking sunlight, carbon dioxide, and water, and converting it into sugar, rather than the other way around. So whereas the, the body, the human body, takes oxygen and fat or sugars and burns it to release energy, the plant is doing the inverse and the sunlight provides the energy. to, mm-hmm. to it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's an endothermic reaction. Or, or something like I'm a, it's A-level, A-level chemistry. But that's more or less what's happening. And then the various sort of cycles of life are basically then just moving that around. Mm-hmm. So some animals eat plants. Other animals eat those animals. Those animals eventually die and then there's other things that decompose those back into the Chemicals that go back into the soil and then the plants. So you have the you have this energy system. The point being that then um, all the diff- all the different niches of creatures then fit into that energy system to make it work. So God is then the purpose of any particular animal is is to function within that energy system. The whether God was leading towards humans specifically in terms of this particular form factor or whether there is another form factor that would do the job that he just happened to not do. I don't know because the main, the main um, virtue of humans with respect to other animals is the ability to relate to God specifically. It's not physical characteristics. When when the Bible says God made humans in his image, he's referring to their spiritual aspect, not to the physical aspect is more my point. But then there are the human beings have certain unique characteristics that allow us to build things and produce civilization that otherwise wouldn't necessarily be possible. So, so, um, um, intelligence is one humans are unusually intelligent, but there are plenty of other intelligent animals. Like killer whales are extremely intelligent, but like, they're not going to, they're not going to build skyscrapers. They don't have hands.
2: Yeah. The thumbs.
0: Yeah. Thumbs, hands. it's also (laughs) things like, um, fine motor control, so your ability to do that. Um, things like the, um, the way the muscles work in your back compared to chimpanzees, it's, it's, it's very different. Um, the way your voice box works for complex communication. There's, all, there's, all, there's all, these other, all these other factors, basically, that combine together to make humans uniquely capable of that kind of thing, which other creatures aren't. But there's, that doesn't mean that humans are the only possible solution.
1: That's an interesting perspective. I don't think I've heard anyone claim or, or explore the idea that God basically like designed a system and then was like, uh, "Okay, you guys won the cosmic lottery. You made it, so boom, souls for you." And well, um,
0: the, th- the thing, well, the, the follow the next point from there is that <laughs> I don't think having souls is unique to humans. Okay. So I th- my and this is uh, This is a theory I'm developing. So it's in in, in no way complete. But the humans are unique in their capacity to to relate to God directly through okay. religion, prayer, uh, spirituality, spirituality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my personal belief is that if if it is alive, it has a soul because that's what makes it alive. So all dogs do go to heaven? Or to hell if they're bad dogs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> one of the things that I found interesting is that science doesn't know how to define
1: life. It's a very tricky topic, yeah.
0: They can define what life does. They can define the parameters and the, the features that life has, but they don't know what it is. Um, and my personal sort of theory, the reason why they don't, is because life is not purely physical. So a living thing, the reason something that is living is something that has an awareness of itself versus everything else. And all living things do that. Even single-celled organisms do that. Plants do that. Um, and then morality is a subset of that self-awareness. So humans are basically a more advanced, more much more capable version of that. But what you have with humans is a, so what got when you have what you have with humans is essentially a a, a um, set of parameters have been fulfilled. But humans aren't necessarily the only. Being that can fulfill those parameters, so God's objective was to get to where we are, and w- and we are that we are that um, that endpoint, if you like. But that doesn't mean that's the only possible endpoint because you don't know what if there are any others. But we know that this one is. Does
1: does that make sense, sort of? Yeah, I, I think I'm following. So it seems like a, a lot of what you've said, if you just remove the, the theistic language, would just be the model of a normal naturalistic model like you've got creatures that have evolved according to selection pressures and and they obey the laws of physics and they aren't necessarily evolving towards anything but certain things like intelligence are favored because they have an evolutionary you know they're they have, they're they're yeah, advantageous after, right so, so
0: yes yeah, so, i mean i don't i don't reject the naturalistic model Right, because because um, the, the basic the basic point, and I mean John Lennox actually makes this point very well, is that God is the God of everything, so God is the God of the unknown. You have, he he is the God of the gaps, but he, he's also the God of the not gaps as well. So just because mm. you know how it works doesn't mean God didn't do it. Right, um, the two the two again the two are separate questions, but. Um, yeah, but but then all that's needed, because given that natural natural selection is effectively a a statistical inevitability, if you have a if you have variation, reproduction, and um, scarcity, you will get evolution. Right, it's yep. inevitable. The only thing that's needed in addition to that is for God to just tweak the DNA himself, as and when, as and when he feels the need to to, to point it in a particular direction. In, in terms of in, in terms of the the physical like the physical expression of like God, God, what, what, what God being involved would actually look like from a physical point of view. Does that make so, sense? That's yeah, the unique- we
2: could, could we bring it back to design then? Like is, for example, maybe we could use a specific example, like the laryngeal nerve or uh, my favorite is the human reproductive slash sewage system, right? Like, um, you know, like I think two, male genitalia would be better, one for procreation and one for a urination. Like, but, well, but anyways, yeah, you see what my, I'm saying?
1: My question that to tie into that is like, how would you tell the difference between a purely natural system or a system with like a deistic god who spun the top and then everything goes from there and he never touches it again, he goes off and plays with his other toys, and your system? Because it seems like your model is very similar to the natural system – but then God did it, you know, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, drawing a line, um, you know. So how do you tell the difference?
0: Well, this is the, this is the, the the this question I'm sort of wrestling with at the moment. Is it's it, I don't know how you would tell. So okay. so my so my my reason for believing that it's designed is not looking at any particular system in particular. It's um it's like the it, it's difficult to explain. Let me just get the. Get the. I had some notes written up on it somewhere.
1: It? Well, wha- um, while you're pulling that up, yeah, I've got, yeah, got, got the. Let me just say that you know, here at this podcast for Reason to Doubt, um, we always respect the answer "I don't know" because that's a legitimate answer to any question. You it's know, it's our
2: favorite just, answer, actually. Right.
1: Well, that because,
0: encompasses most of my answers to most questions. So that's fair. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, us too.
0: Yeah, I got through my PhD. Anyway. viva with that.
1: Yeah. Go ahead
0: um yeah so so the logic behind it being designed is 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 this question is how do you recognize design so the intelligent design like um uh, michael b's uh irreducible complexity thing they're Mm -hmm. looking at like specific things the problem with that is that again it's it's basically a a stealth god of the gaps argument because it's like evolution or you know natural natural naturalistic processes can't explain this therefore god did it or therefore, mm-hmm. a designer did it. So that's that's the problem with that. The next point, following on from that, is that even if we even if we can explain it with naturalistic processes, that doesn't mean that God didn't do it. Okay. Because God, God, if God did do it, He's fully capable of making use of naturalistic processes. Um, I mean, engineers do this kind of thing all the time. We use evolution ourselves to design things. Sure. So, um, and in fact, natural selection or some form of selection, evolution via selection, is actually a very efficient engineering design tool. If you've ever looked into uh, generative design um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and additive manufacturing, they use that a lot with an, an algorithm and a set of parameters. And then it just iterates for like 20,000 generations and produces this super organic, efficient looking right. strut or whatever. I had a got some, some guys in my previous job who did that.
1: That's so, my preferred method to solving complex problems is to beat them to death with computational power. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, I mean, natural <laughs> selection in some ways is a physical version of that. In, in, or can be looked at that way. So, but if I was look if I am looking at a, a physical structure, <clears throat> how do I tell whether it's been designed or not? <clears throat> um, so, for example, if you were to go, if you were to go hiking in Snowdonia, in Wales, which is um, one of the countries in the UK, you will find little piles of rock. I'm sorry, my throat. Hang a second. <clears throat> um, you will find little piles of rock along the paths, and they're called cairns. Um, and what they basically are is a way of marking out where the path is. Um because so, sometimes you'll have like a driver of a bed and have some other bits and bobs, and it's difficult to see the path, so the, the cairns. And what's supposed to happen is when you walk past, everybody who walks past is supposed to put a rock on the cairn. So a cairn is just a pile of rocks. But how but then so is a so is a landslide. So how do you recognize that one's designed and the other isn't? Or one's been or more, more specifically, one's been done on purpose and the other. Isn't the other a, 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 a the other is a form of natural process so that's that's so that's one bit um but the, and then the idea is is firstly the likelihood of it happening by itself so a can if a can is just a pile of rocks just on, on a path the the number of the number of um purely naturalistic things that could ha- that would that could cause that are basically zero now like it could happen by chance but it's incredibly unlikely whereas somebody just coming on and piling some rocks up is, is much more likely so it's a balance, so a balance of the balance probabilities um, and then the other point is if you look at an engineered system an engineered system can be this can be um defined as the, the existence of parts in close proximity where there is no physical requirement for them to be together so there's, no, there's nothing in physics that says they have to be that way. And then they are arranged according to a purpose that is outside of the physical components themselves.
1: Does that make sense? So just to make sure I'm following, um, to answer the question of how would you recognize that life or the universe or whatever system you're looking at is designed is – uh, the likelihood of it not being designed, like of it coming together through um, purely naturalistic no, 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 processes. I'm ta- no, I'm not talking about the universe. I'm
0: talking about like an engine, a physical, a physical, an object. Okay. So, so we leave the universe out for a minute. If I'm just looking okay. around, because, uh, because the, uh, leaving the only other, the only other thing that we know that's capable of design is humans. More, more for the sake of argument. I mean, there are certain types of birds, that you know, birds that build nests and, um, fancy fancy things to to show off and get mates and things but um so we know that intelligent agents can produce design okay so if i'm looking at a physical object in the real world how do i know that that has been produced by an intelligent agent like if i look at a pyramid a pyramid is a pile of rock like the egyptian pyramids if i look at look at a mountain that's also a pile of rock one has been formed by human measurements and human skill the other has been formed by physics how do i tell the difference
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what do i look for and it's almost intuitive like what do i and and because um, humans just do it intuitively you, you just you just know you'll look you look at a, you look at a pyramid and you just know that that's, somebody made it you won't you won't you won't even go oh look look at that and look how amazing the the laws of physics were to make that thing perfectly straight you'll just be who did the, who made that um so and so that's the question that i'm currently trying to answer because that's the question that then I can then take that that criteria and then apply that to the universe. Does the universe have those same features?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the the feature that I would look at, like how I recognise, say, like that some, somebody built like an engine or or anything like a vehicle like that, is the arrangement of parts that are fulfilling some kind of role. They're they're doing something, and they are and there's no there's nothing in the laws of physics that says they have to be together. They've been moved there artificially. Some, somehow um, um, and then the parts are arranged they're fulfilling a purpose outside their physical makeup and that's not the same as complexi- complexity because you'll know the best design is the simplest one
1: mm.
0: that fulfills sure. whatever it is the, so the, the, fewer, the fewer moving parts you have the better yeah. which is why complexity is also a bad argument for design because design and complexity don't relate to each other either
2: um, so reducible simplicity would be a good argument then <laughs>
1: yeah well the hallmark of a well-designed system is simplicity not complexity yeah Yeah. so um
0: so yes if you know anyways if i if i can use a bent bit of metal to do a job i'm not going to build a robot for it that's that's the idea the fewer moving basically it's just because of robustness the fewer moving parts there are the less there is that can go wrong Mm -hmm. um so when i did my design modules at uni what i was taught was that um the job of the designer is to build something as badly as possible and still have it work
1: yeah or uh, I forget who said it, but uh, you know a design is perfect, not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away.: Yeah, you know,
0: it's the, same, it's the same kind of thing. So at the moment I'm in the process of identifying what I think are bad arguments for design, which is a lot of them, because most of them aren't being made by people who design things. Right. Um, but then the idea is that um, when I look at the universe, <coughs> when I, especially when I look at life, you see mechanisms. So this is where B uh, Michael B the, uh, the the complexity with the the flagellum and all that kind of stuff. He's, mm-hmm. he's I, I'm, he, I'm not, I don't entirely agree with him, but I think he's he's sort of on the right track. Like he, he he looks he he looks at the wrong thing. So when he's looking at the flagellum, he's looking at like complex, uh, complexity,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: the the point isn't that it's com- complex. The point is that is that you've got a whole sets of a whole set of parts that are organised in order to create to do something, and it's not done according to physics like it's following physics because physics is what makes it work but the, the 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 original organization is not is not that way but it's, it whereas, but if you compare that to something like say a salt crystal which is very highly organized but it's accord. but the reason it's formed that way is because of the atomic physics between the sodium and the chlorine molecules that form a la- atoms that form a lattice so that is done by physics so, so that's kind of the direction that i'm going in at the moment of how to recognize it but then, and once when, you've... Sorry, Karen. When uh,
1: when it comes to the flagellum or any kind of physical system, you already talked about natural selection as a as a mechanism, yeah. and so I'm curious. And the answer, maybe you're just working on it; you don't know yet. How would you differentiate between God or a creator or whatever deity designed this thing, or pushed, however, nudged the thing towards this design, and natural selection did that thing?
0: It's not an either or question that's how i wouldn't distinguish between the two
2: i see what you're saying yeah like in your mind it's, it's all god right so like god yeah. is so
0: in, in, so yeah. the and so the and this is, and I say this is all kind of in flux because say okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of i'm i'm in the process of working out what i think so we may have this discussion again in 6 months time and it's completely different um but the the idea is that once you've established the that you're looking at a design system, then the physical processes involved in, in actually producing it is a separate question. So that may very well involve natural, that probably would involve natural selection. And there's obviously features um, that we have, features that lots of creatures have that are clearly evolved or devolved in some cases where things yeah. have stopped working. And that's where any you know, you know, errors have crept in, which God presumably hasn't bothered to correct for whatever reason. But the problem with that kind of thing is it's all tied into the objectives of the designer. God did not leave notes,
2: yeah it would have been nice About, if you did right?
0: <laughs> yeah would it would be would it be nice if it was like yeah yeah i i, I you know the sorry guys you're going to get scurvy cuz the this bit broke and you know but yeah. um comment to do fix scurvy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this I've, I've, I've commented this bit of this bit of code out for later but he hasn't left <laughs> notes the point then is that we don't actually know what the design objective is which is why it's very difficult to then say this is a bad design.
2: Mm. Right if, if I may real um, quick Sorry to cut you off there. Um, what because if you with the design principles, you know, like the simplest is the the best design, right? But wouldn't the that also apply to like you know Occam's razor? Like the simplest explanation is that it's just nature. Like there's no need to invoke or to even include God into it. Like that's where I'm kind of leaning to, like in my thinking, right? Like, what what is it that makes you? leap to or suspect that a god was involved in the entire process
0: um because the <clears throat> the best the the explanation for having so i'm just trying to work out how to word it so the natural selection is a physical mechanism you know it's a physical creative mechanism um the idea that god is is involved in things is like the level above that so it's a it's a little bit like saying um we know that you can use a lathe to make to make a thing Mm -hmm. therefore we don't need to account for the existence of a lathe operator that that would be an that that would be an analogy it's not it's not a perfect analogy but um so my, my point is because because it because you have this, these, these systems of, the, the, well, these these systems of, of things, which, by the way, are vastly more capable and sophisticated than anything humans can do at the moment. The like, like, I mean, I mean the brain is tens of thousands of times more powerful than the fastest human su- supercomputer, as well as being much lighter, much more efficient, and
2: so Less power hungry too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it runs. I mean, uh, your typical supercomputer needs a small power station to run it and i'm in no way exaggerating the human so brain runs on the equivalent of a couple of light bulbs to so be it, fair
1: uh, it does all that but it really really sucks at doing math <laughs> after a fashion um
0: it's very it's very good at comparative mathematics yeah it's very good at pattern recognition that yeah. sort of thing um but i mean but my, the, the point i'm trying to make is that I, i'm looking at a system in like in bi- the bi- biological systems which are although although yeah they 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 work via natural they, they develop by natural selection, but then we've already established that natural selection is mathematics is, is just mathematics you could you you wouldn't although Darwin was a genius because he because he worked it out, but it's one of those things that once he's worked it out it's obvious in hindsight and you could probably use mathematics to show that that would happen because it's statistically it's just it's inevitable
1: that that would happen yeah I've definitely um, thought that well, like you said, it's amazing because he came up with it first. Like in hindsight, it's like, why did it take us yeah. so long to figure this but out? There's
0: of things. I mean, like writing is like that. If you try, if you try and work out writing from first principles, I'm just like, wow. Whichever genius came up with this idea is um, is incredible. But the but we've established that 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 natural selection is always going to happen in a system with variability, reproduction, and some form of scarce some some form of selection pressure. You know, some form of scarcity. Um, but we're looking at systems that are wet, that are that are engineering systems. I mean, a, a cell is a protein factory
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and they are systems that are vastly more sophisticated than anything that humans can build, but they are basically designed along as they work along the same principles as humans, as human engineering does. They're subject to the same constraints as human engineering is, which to me suggests that they have been engineered. That's the, that's the obvious logical inference. Therefore, Occam's razor, that, that that's Occam's razor is it looks de- to, to to put it in very 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 simple terms it's looks it looks designed and therefore it's been designed okay and the, a, lot, a lot of the other kind of ex- attempts to explain it via like multiverse um, and things like that are ways to get around the problem um, well, but in, in, in very simple terms and say so I'm still I'm still working this kind of thing out
1: but we're actually going to be talking to Dr Jeff Swerink on the multiverse next month so we're going to get into that yeah in the future. Uh, but I'm curious, suppose that the laws of physics came about, let's set God aside, What's for some reason, maybe God made them, maybe they came up, maybe they're eternal, whatever, for whatever reason, there's laws of physics and there's energy start from there. And then from that point, it seems to me that in, in your conception, everything you've, de- you've described we would expect to get pretty much to where we are now because like you said, the laws, the selection arises from scarcity, which is a property of, you know, the matter that we have and the energy of our system and the laws of physics. And so if we start from the point of having energy and the laws of physics, I'm not sure the part where God fits in at that point. Like if you acknowledge that, that, that natural selection is a natural consequence of scarcity in physics and, you know, then it seems to me that you're already there. Like you've you've already finished the race. Now it may very fair. well be that you need a god to get to that point. It's a fair point. I mean,
0: my I I question the capa- I, I, I question the capability of natural selection. So this okay. is something again. I'm sort of developing. I have done some YouTube videos that are kind of along that line, along those lines is I'm not convinced by the mathematics. So natural selection is a real process, I mean, def- definitely. But I'm not convinced that it's a sufficiently powerful process to produce what has been produced. Okay. So, but so- the, only, the only difference, the only thing that's required is that, you, know, the, you can have the same process of mutation. It's just if the mutations are done manually, then they can be done immediately. Like there's no time constraint. So um, for example, when I did the, um, I did a, I am almost completely through a series on the um, eye, eye evolution, for example, looking at the original paper that, going through the mathematics of the original paper that um, proposed the 400,000 year um, evolutionary time for an, for an eye. Um, and based on that, I'm not convinced. I, I don't like the mathematics in that paper. I and mean, the mathematics they've done is correct. They've just, done it they've just done the wrong mathematics trying to trying to calculate fitness and natural selection time scales is actually very hard um and i'm not convinced that it can happen quickly enough so that so that that's that's a, almost like an another another um subject of debate is whether natural selection is actually sufficiently capable of producing the things that we see in the fossil record and i don't really see that anybody has shown us that that's the case Based, based on the literature that I've looked through, so like the various research papers I've looked through so far, the logic seems to be we have this process that can produce change and we have a fossil record that says things have changed, therefore this did that. But no one's actually worked out what the limits of the natural selection process are. And it must have them because no process is limitless. And we know it's got its limits because almost all creatures that exist have gone extinct
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they couldn't evolve quickly enough. So... um. So to give you an example to, to give a very simple example, if you look at the, um, the uh, Basilosaurus, so the whale that came up when Jordan, when you did the debate, um, was it a few months ago? With um, you did a debate with uh, what's the name from the Gut sick Given channel?
1: Uh, I did evolution. one w- a, uh, against Nephilim Free and Benjamin. That's the one. Yeah. Yep, um,
0: and she she brought him up, brought up um, the, the whales. Mm-hmm. Basilosaurus. So, to give you an example, Basilosaurus has been dated to, to to have come into to come into the fossil record about 55 million years ago. And we know and we know that it didn't exist 65 million years ago because that's when the um, meteor impact happened that killed everything and nothing okay. that was larger than 10 kilograms survived. So that gives you a 10 million year time limit if you like, between when you definitely know something didn't exist. Because the fossil record, when, when you find a thing in the fossil record, that, that only gives you the latest possible time that it came in. It could have appeared earlier, but you don't have the fossils. Right. So when you, find that when you have the fossil of Basilosaurus at 55 million years, you know it was there by then, but you don't know how much earlier it was. The advantage of using that as an example is we know it definitely wasn't 15 million years before. Because there was a mass extinction ten million years before. So that gives us that gives us a hard limit, which is why it makes quite a good example. So we know that in ten million years, mammals went from basically five to ten kilogram sized rodents to twenty meter long carnivorous aquatic whales in ten million years. I'm not convinced that ten million years is enough time. And nothing that I've seen in the mathematics that I've looked at so far suggests that that's true, and that seems to me to be an assumption that an an extrapolation that gets made. Um, Okay. So, but then the only require if if we've established if we established a, a general belief that design has happened on the basis of what I've already kind of sort of outlined, then the only thing that's required for God to do to make that happen is just to not rely on rely on natural selection; it's to make changes in the genetic code directly. And then you would so, end up with pretty much the same progression. He's just kind of
1: made it happen. Um, but then, uh, there's, then the evidence for that would, would not exist. So if because I can look the same. summarize real quick what I, I think you just said and make sure that I'm, I'm tracking. Uh, you agree that there's physics, there's energy, there's scarcity, there's selection. Just hit my mic. There's selection. Uh, and that can produce changes and evolution. However what you're not persuaded is is that that those mechanisms in and of themselves are sufficient to explain the speed and diversity of life we see and to bridge that gap that's where a designer would come in to direct those processes to kind of shorten the timelines and kind of get over the hump of those constraints is that yeah at present of course that is also a god of the gaps argument okay that's fair um,
0: uh, so as i say i'm still in the process of of working it all out it's it's in it's in a position where based on it look it based on the things like it's obviously designed so my, my my question is more like how that works um which is a different question and a more difficult question to answer because and you get lots there are theistic evolutionists um what who what name have i got down for people like that um people like um ken miller for example um And uh, there was the other guy, the guy who headed up the Human Genome Project, Francis Collins. Francis Collins um, are both Christians who believe, you know, who are who fully accept the whole thing. So the two are not. I'm based on sort of that authority. I'm I'm prepared to accept that the two are not the two are not incompatible. Um, How that works in my own mind, I'm still sort of in the process of working out exactly what it would look like and how it works. But that's sort of where I am at the moment.
1: So that um, kind of ties into one of the questions I'd written down that I wanted to get at. So we're at 45 minutes. So let's say um, you do all this research and some whatever it is convinces you and you get moved into the camp of Francis Collins where natural processes do the whole thing. Does that have theological implications for you? Do you think that supposing... That happened. Do you think you'd end up like Francis Collins, where he's still religious? His book actually was the thing that that knocked me out of young Earth creationism, uh, coincidentally.
0: Yeah, um, um, I vaguely remember hearing you talk about young Earth creationism being a young Earth creationist. Um, yes, I was an idiot
1: once, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> no, I I, 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 wouldn't go as far as calling young Earth creationists idiots. I think people like Ken Ham, actually, no, Ken Ham isn't idiot isn't an idiot either. He's a very smart businessman. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I don't know, actually, whether it would have theological implications. Because the thing is, from a Christian point of view, a lot of this stuff isn't really all that important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there is no Christian doctrine that hinges on you know, the earth being 6,000 years old or 4.5 billion years old or whatever. The Christi- Christianity hinges on the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, which by itself, if that happened, then God exists. Like, it's, you know... People people don't come back to life by via natural selection, um, but there's no real. In some ways, it's it's um, the whole thing. While it's interesting from a theological point of view, it's not really all that relevant. Like there's nothing about evolution that would that would stop me from being a Christian. Now, if you disprove yeah. the resurrection of Jesus, that would.
1: That that's a different podcast. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> we can we can do that next time. But yes. um, but the I I don't know what difference it would make if any, because um, I mean I'm mainly trying to explain it because I don't like being ignorant about things. Um, so I'm I'm looking into it because I f- personally find it interesting. I find it satisfying to kind of work out how it was done, which I'm sure as an engineer yourself you can appreciate. You know, taking things apart and and looking at them is is part of it but my my personal thing is I I try and chase facts as much as possible while acknowledging that I am biased by by definition you try I try and avoid that as much as
1: possible in terms of the actual analysis well that's Um, all you can do is acknowledge your own bias and do your best to overcome it um but
0: no, because the, the, the thing is, it's not just showing like that evolution is true. It's, it's you, you have to provide positive evidence that it cannot have been designed.
1: Well, At least, I, would, I mean, not,
0: not, I mean to, to satisfy me, that's what you'd have to do.
1: Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I would say for me, um, coming to it not with a pre... I no longer had the pre-existing belief that God exists. So yeah. for me, if it were simply neutral, if it were just... 5050 the evidence is it, it's unclear then I would default to not design just because it has fewer assumptions but if it were 5050 and I was already coming for other reasons for other evidences or whatever I was already persuaded that God existed then obviously that calculus is yeah. different
0: and I think, and I can't change my starting point unfortunately um, I still think though if I if I if I was neutral I think I would still lean towards design I think for the reasons that I've outlined Um, which incidentally did happen to um, somebody I know who started out as an atheist and was convinced by their medical degree that it must have been designed somehow and then they ended up as a Christian a few years after that Um, so it it does happen the other way Um, but then everybody's different in terms of what evidence they're interested in and what they'll accept and their own personal levels of uh, skepticism and internal biases and things like that but
2: I'd be curious to see, like, if if we took your the whale example, I don't remember the name of it because uh, I'm not that smart, but the 55 million years ago whale, right? And if somebody were to sit down with you and show, like, how that could have occurred in 10 million years through naturalistic causes or had a sufficient explanation as to how that, that creature got to that size at that time in the fossil record, you know, obviously I don't believe that one incident of that would change your mind, but I imagine it might make you take pause to look at that, and then, you know, be curious like how that yeah. would affect it your thoughts.
0: It would be very interesting. So, say so I'm, I'm 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 interested in in the facts. So, and and learning about that, and given that, I mean, if given that I believe in God already, natural selection is the tool that He used, at least in part. Obviously, so the more you learn about that, the you know, the better, by definition. I mean, this was the. i mean this is this is the the attitude that the um, like all of the scientists back in the middle ages um, all the ones yeah all the Catholic ones and back back in the late back in the the mid mid to late middle ages was God made it therefore we have a sacred duty to learn how he did it
1: mm-hmm.
0: was it was effectively was effectively what got science started in the first place um, and i mean there already there already is a fossil narrative for Basilosaurus as as it is like we already the fossils already exist and Jordan will know this because he's debated it already that you know there is if there is a fossil lineage that goes from um glorified rats all the way up to to whales and all of the intermediate forms that go in between that. So I have no doubt at all that there was a progression. The 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 sticking point is whether natural selection as a as a physical mechanism is responsible for it.
1: Those details I have to uh subcontract people like Dr. Dan or Jackson We too, because yeah. I'm not a biologist, I don't understand the full systems. I've Tried very hard, but I'm at the point where I'm just simply glad that other people are very good at that, because yeah, okay. I'm definitely not.
0: Um, <laughs> we can't do everything, and so I said I have looked at the maths a bit, but it's main it is a mathematical question more than it is a paleontological question. Um, I looked at the I, I looked at the um the because so I, I I found the original uh, quantitative genetics textbook, looked at the uh, mathematical, it was like nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of matrices and um integral signs and things in it i get i get a minor panic attack every time i see an integral sign um, i can empathize so at some point it's like nope don't have time i might look at it one day but
1: yeah well i agree that i don't think i mean just empirically speaking it's clear that it is not the case that if evolution or that the standard model of how life came about is true that christianity is false because the the majority of biologists and scientists in general are christian so clearly like they somehow come to an agreement yep. so obviously the two aren't mutually exclusive um and i also really like something you just said that we hit on this channel all the time is you don't have anything to fear from the facts you know the the only thing they can possibly do is increase your knowledge and, you know, give you a better picture of what happened. And that's really what I think we're all after is yeah. trying to have a better understanding of what actually happened. Um, that's all I want. You know, whether that answer is God or something else, I, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Well, I've
0: come I've come across too many Christians who are almost like afraid of science because they're scared that it will ruin their faith. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it won't. <laughs> knowledge is never a bad thing. Right. Like, yeah,
1: say that um, louder again for the people in the back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it won't. It won't be. It won't be ruined. Like just go and go and learn things. Go and read as much as you can about everything. Right. Like you can't be. You can't be an expert on everything, but you can do your best. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So. Um,
1: well, we've Sorry. been going for almost an hour, so I think it's probably a good time to wrap up. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. This is really interesting. It's a perspective. Like, I've heard pieces of it elsewhere, but this particular combination of the perspectives, I think this is the first time I've heard anyone put those pieces together in that particular way. Good, I feel uh, really so special now. Yeah, really interesting conversation. Uh, you want to talk about, like, your channel, what you have coming up?
0: Um, yeah, so my channel is called Reality Insights, um, on the basis that if atheists can have really pretentious names about rationality, I don't see why I can't as well. Um, and also cause I originally called it Nick G and then I wasn't even on the first page of, of YouTube search results. Um, so it sort of cover, sort of cover everything that I find interesting really. So, there's, um, there's some stuff about evolution on there. There's some stuff about Bible history on there, some little bits and bobs about elements of Christian theology on there as well. um, and stuff I've got coming up, what have I got coming up? I've got a video coming up which will talk about this um, a lot more in terms of intelligent design. But Intelligent design from the point of view of an engineer who designs things um, and what I think is good about it, what I think is bad about it, what I think the the, what, the, the bad arguments against it as well. And mm-hmm. then, the, what, what, how I would also, also how I would do it if I was going to do an intelligent my theory of intelligent design, sort of what I would do. So, there's that video that's sort of partially written. Um, there's another one about the burden of proof and atheism and the burden of proof as uh, a follow up to the first one, which was a bit rubbish. So, I'm doing it again properly. Um, and then I've got some stuff about um, Gen- the book of Genesis. So, that's that's not. I'm not targeting Answers in Genesis in that video series, but it's very much a response to the kind of nonsense that they come out about it. But that's just about Genesis 1 to 11, creation, Noah's Ark, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have about two dozen videos in various stages of production. But unfortunately, having a job and a family and things means that my production rate is somewhere around one video a month. Um, well, well, yeah. So if, if people want to check that out, feel
1: free. There's two of us, and you are way ahead of us in terms of videos <laughs> and production, so don't feel bad.
0: Well, when I say in production, <laughs> when I say in production, it means I have a Word document with a list of bullet points and a title. Right? So that's my definition of in production.
1: That's still you're, way you're past You're better than us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again, Nick. So, it was really a great conversation yeah. for us, what Thank we've got much. coming up. Uh, we've got, like I said, uh, we're going to talk to physicist Jeff Swerink next month about the multiverse, so hopefully that'll be a good conversation. Um, I've got a debate on modern day debates coming up with that guy we mentioned earlier, Benjamin, because he was a really, it was a really fun conversation. uh, And I just can't help myself arguing about young earth creationism. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I
0: enjoyed listening to that one, actually.
1: Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's, uh, I could do young earth creationism, but it's just everybody else does it. Yeah. It's like, he, what, what do I have to say that's not already been said?
2: It's like the pinata that's still hanging on that yeah. every kid at the birthday like, party beat together. You know, like, we, yeah. we all know it's
0: nonsense. So yeah. uh, what's, what's the point yeah. really? Yeah. Although actually, no, I do have a video that I'm making about what I th- why I think it's really cool. Not because it's true, but just why I think young Earth, all the, the things I think about Young Earth, that I think of Young Earth creationism are just are just really, really good, like really cool. I, I, I can see why you'd want to believe it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Any 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 um, any creation museum that has a diorama of people fighting dinosaurs is by definition awesome.
1: That is a pretty like. I, I wish that that could be it's,
2: in it's a history much, book. It it's much more
0: interesting cool. than reality.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that TV show Land of the Lost? Like, so that was pretty.
0: Yeah. So um, so I do I do have I, I'm actually making a video about young Earth creationism, but it's about all of the cool and awesome things about it, as opposed to the uh, the mm-hmm. nonsense, because the nonsense has already been covered much more competently than I can that
1: yeah yeah well uh definitely go over to reality insights and subscribe to his uh, channel he's got really good stuff um i've enjoyed every video i've watched and i'm sure the rest will be great um until next time uh make sure you subscribe to our channel too so you'll see all our good stuff and until then remember you've always got reasons to doubt thank
0: you very much for having me thank you next cheers bye-bye